And welcome to episode 18 of Retro Quizzical, the nation's favourite podcast about game shows of the 80s and 90s. I am Les Corley today, and I'm going to be your host for proceedings, ably supported by my glamorous assistant, Paul. How are you, Paul? Hey, I'm smashing, thank you. I should probably get one formality out of the way really quickly. It may sound at various points in the show that I'm hosting from somewhere like war-torn Beirut, <laughs> when in actual fact it is November the 5th. If it sounds as though there's a sniper in the background, please send thoughts and prayers. It sounds so like format... your average night in Hackney, Les. This is true. So the format of our show... <laughs> For those of you who don't know, is that we score each show out of 10 across five rounds based on their theme tune, host, retroquisicality, originality and budget. Take each initial letter of those rounds and you get the word throb, which should be of no surprise at show 80. When the round scores are added together, they make a final score out of 50, which in turn will determine where the show places on our throbometer. A quick look at our throbometer and you'll see that the same quartet of shows still sits pretty at the top of our leaderboard. That is Big Break, Crystal Maze, Blockbusters and Blankety Blank and they all have a respectable tally of 40 points. But things can change pretty quickly around here, can they not? Well, yeah, I mean another show could get 40 points, couldn't it? It could. <laughs> it could go f five at the top five ways let let's five guys let's try and not it's, it's christmas five. hasn't come early um so in our last episode the original and best supermarket sweep had a fairly decent showing but failed to hit the 37 points required for a top 10 finish going back to the rules every episode paul has one joker which he can play to change one of my five scores as he sees fit and hopefully with some kind of justification but you never can tell this would normally be the point in the show where I have a good old rummage around in my feedback sack. But in a, change in, in a change to proceedings, we're going to do something a little different at the end of the show. Don't get too excited, though. We're not going to be giving anything away. Um, not on our budget, anyway. <laughs> yeah, um, literally and metaphorically, <laughs> you will not quite. be giving anything away. Um, just in case, because obviously I, I've kind of dropped this on you at, at short notice, would you have had anything for the feedback, sack? Yes, I would, actually. Okay, go on. You, you may as well. It's kind of my feedback, sack rather than from someone else, but... Right. Your my, feedback my is about yourself? Yes. Okay, lovely. My hosted show is not the worst show in the ratings, Les. No, it isn't, I'm is it? really, really pleased about. <laughs> Well, it wasn't I'm, just I'm... me. We're both rubbish. <laughs> have you looked at our stats and where people are that have listened? As in, I don't. I don't think I have. As access in the countries, I didn't even know that you could access. So this is going to be a kind of novel surprise for me. Firstly, that you've done some research, and <laughs> secondly, that the research is so fine-tuned as to tell us where these people are. Guess, guess. Mm. Right, so the UK is our biggest listenership. Then the States. 
than the states. Actually, yeah. I know I know one person that I've um, recommended our show to who actually unless int- unless they've listened to our show several hundred times each episode, then it's not just them. Third is Ireland. What's fourth, oh, Les? Um, the Congo. It's Cambodia. Cambodia. It's not Cambodia, it's is Cambodia. it? Cambodia. And then Mexico, then Finland, then Bangladesh. If you are sat in Cambodia as you listen to our dulcet tones, a big hello to anyone who isn't in our top three places at the moment. And um, yeah, a big hello, good evening and welcome to everyone in Bangladesh that might be listening. I can't think why, but thank <laughs> Bizarre but true. Unless, I do course, know Finn. What you was can that? get these uh, VPNs now that mask where you are. Yeah. You mask your your uh, IP address. So maybe someone's that embarrassed sitting somewhere in, in London <laughs> masking their IP address like, as, as Pol Pot in Cambodia. <laughs> <laughs> They'd rather be Pol. Than give London. us a like on Facebook from the actual <laughs> real account. <laughs> so without any further ado, what is your favourite show, Paul, combining both physical and mental tests to find the UK super person of the year? The Krypton Factor. Yes, the 18th programme to get the retroquizzical treatment, Cambodia style, is the Krypton Factor. Competing in tonight's heat, Bob Davison, a farmer from Whitley Bay, Tynan Weir. Stephen Weir, a sales manager from Ascot. Guy Biggs, a milk recorder from Ashbourne in Derbyshire. And Lawrence Parsons, a computer systems analyst from Portsmouth. Good evening. Round one, theme tune and titles. So, for those of our listeners that don't know, the show had three different theme tunes, probably to the one you've just heard, before 1985, each composed by a chap called Mike Moran, who is most famous for co-writing the song Rock Bottom. Do you know that song? It was the UK's Eurovision entry in 1977, the year of both our births. Indeed. And it came second to France. In fact, the very early title sequences were quite trippy, they kind of resemble an out-of-body experience floating over water. Did you watch the really old ones? I've watched one of the early 80s ones, but I've concentrated on the late 80s, early 90s version because it's my favourite, Les. So, yeah, just to for those listeners that do remember the really early ver- versions, bear in mind it started in 77. It kind of looked like a cross between a Good Morning UK programme and a science programme. So most people, as you've alluded to, uh, will be more familiar with the post-1985 version with a theme tune by Art of Noise. Did you know much about them before this? Because I've got to be honest, I didn't. I've heard of them. Okay. But no. Maybe, maybe they're big in Cambodia. <laughs> the, ch- the tune is mistakenly referred to as a song called Beatbox, which appeared on their debut album in 84. However, it is actually an original composition, and it was reworked as a song called Crusoe in 1987. 
So for those of you who don't know Art of Noise, uh, like myself, they're an English avant-garde synth pop group, try saying that after a couple of gins, whose famous members include Trevor Horn and Paul Morley. Do you know either of those people? Um, no, if, if you kind of fuse their names together, you get Trevor Morley, who used to play for Man City back in the day, but no. Okay, I thought you were going to fuse Horn and Morley. <laughs> more, more horny or something like that. <laughs> In the research for this, I found out who Paul Morley is. And I've got a feeling that you will recognise him when you see his face, if you Google it after this show. I'm Googling um, him now. Let's have a look. He, he is on every documentary on Channel 5 that I have ever watched about TV, music, anything. And for about 20 years, I've seen this guy's face and wondered... Who is he? Is he a journalist? Is he a music bod? And it turns out he's an art of noise. If you if you don't watch Channel 5 as regularly as I do, like the man with the world's biggest bollock or whatever, then you're probably <laughs> not going to know him. But I don't think he's on that one. That might be the only one that he's not on. They're famous for two international top 20 records, including Peter Gunn, which is the name of a song and the name of a person, I imagine. And that won a Grammy in 1986. As for the titles, I think the era of the Art of Noise titles are great. The music's very atmospheric, it is very avant-garde and synthy, and I really like the way the contestants are introduced, as though it's kind of Mission Impossible-esque. You know, you get their, <laughs> their stats and then them leaping over a wall. And... Go on, what do, you, what do you make of it? I really, really, really love the music. It's weird, isn't it? Because it's not really a sing-along kind... Aside from the do-do-do-do, that kind of... Rip, and then it's kind of like backgroundy, keyboardy. I'm notes. going to let you into a bit of a secret here, Les. I'm quite into a bit of synth electro-pop. I think it's a cool show. I, I mean, what I really like about the titles, especially the later ones from mid-80s onwards, is they're simple. You've got that K, and then the hands move it, and then the red dot appears. It's a special K, isn't it, Les? It's a special I K. I absolutely it's love it. And the way that that K morphs, kind of continuity-wise, into each of the intros for the rounds, I think is really clever. I'm now worried that I've underscored this because I didn't think the titles were enough. And maybe the tune, whilst cool might not be to everybody's liking and might not be a full song enough. You're scoring it how you see fit, not how the audience sees fit. No, I know. We've both gone wild for it in our own way. So you can always upscore it, Liz, because, you know... Mm, okay. The music is brilliant. The, the, music the is, titles yeah. are brilliant. It's technological. It's a winner for me, Liz. Okay. I've I've budged a bit. I've listened to you. I haven't been swayed by our four people still listening or any of the Cambodian population. <laughs> I'm going to give it a score of eight. Round two. Host. Gordon Henry Burns was born on the 10th of June 1942 and is still alive. 
Burns came from a journalistic background, starting with the Belfast Telegraph and BBC Sports Report before joining Ulster Television as a sports editor and programme producer in 1967. Krypton Factor is probably what he's most renowned for, and he began hosting that back in 1977 and has done so for 18 years. I was shocked that it started so early. Yeah. All the men, and I've never watched this program, but I've got an idea of what they... All the men looked like characters from Life on Mars. So (laughs) everyone had a black leather jacket and a handlebar moustache, and the woman looked like a secretary. (laughs) Like she still did in the later episode. But moving on, back to Gordon. You might also remember him from Surprise Surprise, where he did a guest segment every so often. Do you remember him on that? Yes, I do, Les. Yeah, I do. What did what did you make of surprise, surprise? A tearjerker, Les. It's kind of akin to what we were talking about with our fella the other week, old Nicky Campbell, in terms of reuniting old long lost families. Yeah, it was. Well, yeah, for different <laughs> <You> reasons. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to mention my father here as well because we okay. used to watch the show religiously. I think you were going to say you were reunited with him on no. surprise. <laughs> After he tried to lose you for ten years. <laughs> Moved addresses and didn't tell you. He doesn't mean it, Peter. <laughs> My dad used to absolutely hate, obviously, the surprise, surprise song that Scylla herself <laughs> I, I know everybody else did as well, but my dad used to like, oh my god. During Gordon's career covering politics, current affairs and news for UTV, Granada and the BBC, he's interviewed every Prime Minister from Edward Heath to David Cameron, and that's eight in total. And apparently that record is unsurpassed by any other broadcaster. Mate, this geezer is an absolute legend. I am shocked because obviously I haven't lived in the North West for a long time now. But he's not long since retired on Granada, and he was on Granada News when I was a kid. Yeah, I I think he retired from TV and all that bump in 2013. And he must have been a good 70-odd then. Was he 70? Yeah, he was one of those people that I don't think... He didn't age during the Krypton factor at all. (laughs) I mean, that side parting was (laughs) in place for 18 years. That... Literally, that would withstand hurricane winds. It, it, but he just, he aged really well. He did have bigger bouffant hair in 77, but I think when it became a bit of a, a slicker affair, he he aged really well. I saw him interviewing George Galloway on um, on YouTube, sadly, because I, I dislike that man. <laughs> but And and he's grey now. He, do, he does look a bit old now. Um, so you obviously really like him. Yeah, as I say, grew up with him. He was on the telly all the time. In, in the North West. In Granada land, yes, where I spent my formative years. So he was a regular fixture on TV. I likened um, Tony Wilson to Richard Madeley before, in fact, because I both okay. hated them as much as each other because they were on telly in the North West all the time. Okay. And they were both knobs. Gordon Burns is like their brother that's cool as... That's what, in my in my notes. I've kind of put he's like a friendly uncle, or or the kind of teacher who was always very nice to you, but when he was angry, you knew he was angry. I think he comes across really serious because the show is serious, but there is kind of a very kind of quiet, 
understated charm about him. Yes. I can see if you're just judging him on this show that he comes across as quite straight and serious, which, you know, that's what the show calls for. It's not a gaggy show, is it, at all? No. But that's... I've said before, Les, about I like quiz quizzes and game shows to be quite serious. Yeah, and you're I not going to get much more serious than this, and I love it. I think I might have surprised you a bit. I, I, I don't dislike him. I think he's solid and steady. For that reason, I've given him a score of eight. Yep, I think eight's fair. I do wonder where you're going to play your Joker. I think you're going to come unstuck, or I'm going to come unstuck. So, let us see. Round three, retroquisicality. So, as we've touched upon already, the show ran for 20 series. 18 were hosted by Gordon Burns and two by Ben Shepard in 2009 and 2010. Each programme was split into six different rounds. Mental agility, response, observation, physical ability, intelligence and general knowledge. In each round, other than general knowledge, the winner was awarded 10 points, then 6, 4 and 2 points for 2nd, 3rd and 4th. And those points were added to form their Krypton Factor, or score, to you and I. Breaking the rounds down, mental agility was hard as nails. (laughs) It was, it? It was. was, I mean, this was pre-Only Connect, but... I think it's harder than Only Connect that round. Well, maybe we'll find out. Um, Mental agility. (laughs) You might want to write your times table out while I'm I'm discussing this. Uh, Mental agility was a memory, a numerical or a computational test, usually involving having to work something out at speed or word recall, uh, usually for 40 seconds as well. And that time flew by. But that round is probably most renowned for the oversized headphones that people, (laughs) that the contestants (laughs) wore. Do you remember those? Yeah, I've seen a few of those, yes. Just brilliant. The response round. (laughs) They're all wearing Beats by Dre. (laughs) Yeah. The response round was essentially the flight simulator. This was originally only used in the group and the grand finals in 86 and 87 before making it into the weekly show. Contestants would take part in a simulator to land a Boeing, a Red Arrow or some other plane, usually on a runway or when the program was being even more difficult on the back of a moving aircraft (laughs) carrier in the middle of the sea, as though landing a plane wasn't difficult enough. Observation round, probably one of the more dry affairs. A clip would be shown to all contestants. In the early years, it would be a piece of ITV drama, uh, but later on, it was a skit that was especially recorded for the program. The contestants would then have to answer a series of questions on it or they would have two clips played that were different and it would be down to the contestants to list the six differences between the clips. The physical ability round which is is probably the round that everyone remembers the show for is the assault course which took place in Holcombe Moor in Bury. 20 obstacles featuring nets, swings and all that malarkey ending up with a zip wire into a really dirty (laughs) mass of water. And the intelligence round. Essentially, this round is where various shapes or puzzles had to be put together and was really hard. And apparently there's a story that one of the contestants was actually reduced to tears. And what you don't see and what I've learned, and I'm sure you've read up on it as well, is that 
on the show, this round takes about three minutes, but it's heavily edited. <laughs> it's rather like this show, Les. It well, goes on for hours, and they just get um, the best bit. There, there are just stories that I've heard where one person went to a live filming and was just disgusted that the, this round, <laughs> 90 minutes, and the person at the end still didn't get it right. That's a summary of the... Oh, actually, the general knowledge round at the is the only one without set scoring where general knowledge questions are fired the first one to answer buzzes in gets two points one percent off one percent one point off for a wrong answer person with the highest score at the end of six rounds wins that show they then go on to uh, a group final semi-final and then the final for the whole series whoever wins that is the uk super person of the year this round has always been your baby go on there is literally too much brilliantness to talk about for this show. Every single one of those rounds is memorable for me. Okay. The the flight simulator, the assault course, the puzzles, the little skits and sketches, general knowledge at the end when people were able to get right back in it after being nowhere near, mm-hmm. um, and those mental agility ones at the beginning which were absolutely <laughs> ludicrously difficult. It just, I'm beaming and smiling as we talk about this, Les. I have thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed re-watching all the episodes that I've watched in mm. prep for this show. The nostalgia factor is really, really strong, isn't it? Like you said, you everyone would be made up when it came on on a Monday night, and it was on quite early on a Monday night. It's 7 o'clock, yeah. So school kids would have still been up, not gone to bed yet. Everyone watched this show, Les. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it's most. It kind of was 18 million, which for a kind of Monday was Is pretty impressive. Nuts. Yeah. It probably helped that it was probably on the show before Corey as well. Yeah, that's true. So they probably <laughs> they probably recorded that amount at 7.29 when the <laughs> credits were rolling. What's your, your favourite round? Can you even pick your favourite round? I've, I have to say, as a child, it was the the physical uh, physical ability, the the assault course, and I was this close. When I say this, my 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 thumb and forefinger were really really close. <laughs> to get, I was this close to writing to Jimmy Savile. I really wanted to be on on that assault course. It was just everything to me as a child. I I just I couldn't get enough of it. And I tell you. One thing that I remember really, really vividly about the show was when I was going to say the first woman won. It was the only woman that won the whole series. I remember that like it was yesterday because it was a really big thing. Mm. And for whatever reason, I I wanted to see a woman. Maybe it was just like fairness at the age of 10. Uh, <coughs> you talk about the whole series or just the assault? Yeah. Part? So in 1987, yeah. Marion Chanter won, and yeah. she's the only woman to have won the program. As we say that, there's a cacophony of fireworks outside, so people are obviously tuning in live to this recording. <laughs> but on that year, th- three out of the four finalists were women, and that's really weird, isn't it? You think at that point they might be kind of turning a corner and maybe they're going to keep... Uh, but they never did again. Mm. I just loved it. So back then physical ability was my favorite round now i think because you and i 
as we've kind of hinted at in previous recordings, are both kind of numbers, word, letters, geeks. I really like mental agility just because it's really hard. Yeah, yeah. But I remember really liking the spot the differences in the skits and stuff because I would have been I was pretty good at that as a kid. Yeah, yeah, me too. As an adult this week, I've been absolutely hopeless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Other things, it's like one of them I saw a sports bag was turned a few degrees round. I was yeah. like, I could have watched that clip fifty times and I wouldn't have seen that. What is notable about the observation round is that the people that were part of those clips yeah you had steve coogan roy barrowclough matthew kelly uh, tony robinson tony slatter they were really famous yeah people and i think they just wanted to be a part of this sh- this show is iconic people still joke and make references to the krypton factor as something like really difficult like you and i would say only connect but if you're kind of talking around the 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 tea point at work and something's difficult, you you'd reference the Krypton factor, wouldn't you? Yeah. The the response. Do you actually see before it was the flight simulator, especially in '87 when Marion Chanter won? They had a very weird round where the contestants were on these exercise bikes. Well, with these exercises, and I'll, I'll put a screen grab on our page, they had to cycle, but their arms were on a kind of rotating thing above them, going the opposite way. <laughs> and they had to look at a screen on the bike and a screen in front of them and keep their speed to something like 50 rotations. Yeah. And it was just... And the bike wouldn't move unless you were in this kind of parameter. <clears throat> It just looked really difficult. And then yes. if that wasn't enough, you then had to like look at a screen and hit boxes. It was kind of really tricky. But going back to the flight simulator, I don't th- I think that's clever. The concept is clever, but I do remember as a kid I was more interested in them ploughing into the sea. Yeah, of course. Or a hill that I was it's like when they when they did it perfectly and then Lance Corporal Watts's face shook their hand I was like okay you <laughs> smug <did> sod <laughs> do you find it it's all it's really tense it is tense because it's the sort of thing that if you and I did you'd kind of you'd stop filming wouldn't you you'd, can we can we stop can we do stop I don't want to do that I want to do it again and intelligence we, we've touched upon it those rounds were just a nightmare. There was one, I, don't, I, I, I read a story uh, from an interview with Gordon Burns that said one of the first ones they did on the show, two of the contestants' tables were too close to one another. <laughs> and so if these, if these kind of puzzle, 3D geometric puzzles weren't difficult enough, it transpired that the contestants had got their pieces confused with the person next to one another. <laughs> and it was only after they'd tried labouring after about two hours and realised they were no nearer a solution that they, they had to refilm Can it. Can you imagine? Oh, I How drained you'd be. <laughs> oh, quite. I mean, I felt tense when you played the countdown music to me for 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> They're literally making a, a, a tower of Pisa out of matchsticks <laughs> in three minutes. Well, they're not, because it, it it was always edited to look like I was minutes. really shocked when I read out read that, that it was filmed over, and it sometimes took hours to sort out. Yeah. 
kind of but, take takes away from it a little bit, but it's also reassuring. Apparently, what happened was they used to make one show a week in the early days because obviously all the assault call stuff was recorded in advance. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously there's the girl that broke her ankle. Oh, I'm not laughing. It sounds horrible. <laughs> some, even in one of the episodes I watched, <laughs> some geezer went over the top of the net frame, and fell. flipped over, and <laughs> was it Hetherington who did that? It was one I of the main I... guys who ended up winning, it, but he literally fell from green. top to bottom. Yeah, literally. But the guys, I mean, what I don't remember as a child was how seriously the blokes took... They would throw them. I can remember like them giving it a good shot, kind of making an effort. But when I rewatched it back, they were throwing themselves. At, and this guy, when so basically, it's like a triangle, isn't it? It's about twenty foot high, maybe, mm. uh, and it, it's one of those kind of net ropey things. Um, and when he gets to the top, he, he he flips himself over, gets his ankle caught, and kind of ends up almost hurtling to the floor head first before managing to hold on. He apparently was in shock. He still won the race. Yeah. But a report I read stated that he was in shock when he crossed the finish line. There is that. Po- that woman that broke an ankle came third. <laughs> yeah, just so carried on. So she, she beat someone. So we've kind of hinted at it. It would be really unfair of me if I didn't give you... A chance to shine. <laughs> there is nothing more, Paul, than I like seeing you succeed live <laughs> on air. I, I want you to know this, okay? Okay. Right. I hope you haven't watched this episode. And from the sound of it, a few of the things I've I've spoken about that you don't know, I think you haven't watched this episode. So okay. I think we're right. Okay. This test is from. I think it's from about 1987, and it's called Additional Years. Okay? okay. Before we start, if you don't understand it, please ask, because you may embarrass yourself. <laughs> may? I don't think there's any doubt. I reckon well, in every... Se- you- I haven't seen this particular game, but I reckon I would have got one or two of well, in well, every single game that I played, and they were the first two, because they were always <laughs> easiest. And after that, it was like North, East... They they were just seven thirty really, <laughs> six x four three one west. Yes. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'm going to give you a series of years. Okay. Mm. The task is to add the numbers of the year and give me the number which, when added to that total, makes twenty six. <laughs> so I'm gonna. <laughs> I've got to explain it because I've literally typed that word for word as Gordon <laughs> explained it because I thought, oh, he's just going to say I haven't explained it very well. So when I say a series of years, in each question, you'll just get one year. Okay. So if the year I give you is 1914, mm. you add one, nine, one, and four, yeah. which makes... 15. Yeah. And so you have to tell me the number to add to that to get to 26, which is... 11. Yes. So your answer for 1914 would be 11. Okay. Do you understand? (laughs) Yes, Les. 
Yeah. Okay. Just to give you a bit of a helping hand, and it is a bit, you don't have to say Les after every answer okay. a la Supermarket Sweep. Okay. okay? <laughs> yes, Les. <laughs> your time. Your time. Am I starts. getting 40 seconds as well? Yes, you're getting 40 seconds. Bloody hell. Go I've on. got no atmospheric music for you, sadly. So you'll just have to create your own tension. Right. Your time starts now. 1951. Nine, no, ten. Yes. Fourteen seventy eight. Yes. Your nine. Time. It was nine. You got five. Ooh. You've come last. <laughs> You've done well, well done. You haven't That's embarrassed That's the best yourself. I've ever done on any of these shows, isn't it? <laughs> I you to say. That's the best I've ever done. Does that mean I'm, the, I'm a super person? <laughs> you're, you're, you're a super something. <laughs> super mm. grand. I do love it. I love it, Liz. So, I'm going to score it. And for all the reasons that I've said and that you've said, be being a little harsh, but I'm going to give it a score of nine. Nine, nine, nine. What are you going to give for the next two rounds, Les? This is the thing. I'm going to keep my joker in reserve, Les. Okay. I've got an inkling of what you might do in the next two rounds, and I'm not going to say. Okay. Well, that's interesting, because obviously if I opt for scores that you would have done i might not even have to play well you know you do have to play that that's a small print when we drew up the retroquisical contract <laughs> that i obviously didn't read and you've just sprung on me right now yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is an outrage les shall we move on round four originality okay so for reasons we've already touched upon in the round before this, for me, is probably the most original show we've done. There's something for everyone. Even if you don't like word puzzles, number games, flying planes, or fiendishly difficult intelligence games, <laughs> there's always the quick-fire general knowledge round at the end, which was obviously more typical of other quiz shows that we've done. And that was tense. It's with the general knowledge rounds. Does the answer to one question lead to the, quest the next question? Yes. Yeah, yes. I thought I thought that was a nice touch. And the other nice touch about general knowledge is the lighting. Yes, yes. You know when you get those side profile silhouettes and the scores in LCD figures, it kind of looked a bit like the Bohemian Rhapsody video. Yes. Um, but very serious. I hadn't thought uh, of that, but yes, it did. Interestingly, and we've spoken about this on other shows, this seems to flip the import-export into the UK, out of the UK. Yeah. This, this was um, in the UK first, and it went to the USA for one series in the early 80s. However, it was a flop there. Well, they've got no taste, have they, Liz? Oh, exactly. I, I, I can imagine it's a bit too 
serious for an American game. It had a really nice touch in that there were international versions, so there was a UK versus US version. Uh, they did something with the UK contestants and the Australian contestants for the bicentenary commemorating Oz. They had celebrity versions. They had sports star versions. They had Champion of Champion spin-offs, just like Countdown did. Mm. And also, kind of quite notably, unlike many... Uh, of the other shows we've covered they had one for children yes les and i've got a little story about this go on what's your little story my wife auditioned with her school for it oh wow and didn't make it the school didn't or your wife didn't my wife didn't make the school team and the school team didn't make it onto the show in the end either but i was really (laughs) well personally she failed once but i was just made up that she even had a go that's really cool. That is cool. Go on, originality, what what does it mean to you? Absolutely made up when I read that this is an original UK game show. Bucking the trend somewhat, Les. It's also, it just feels massively, massively, massively ahead of its time. Yeah. Like even today, that show, as is, would stand up. But the, the, the weirdest thing about the whole thing is the people in it. So they're all like land that time forgot in terms of dress and all Oh, yeah. That. They all look 45 and they're, they're 21. But like, even, you know, in the later, late 80s and 90s, they still looked... It seems like they were transported from 10 years before. Yeah. It's just a really weird juxtaposition. You've got all this tech... You've got the futuristic soundtrack, the decent graphics, you've got a simulator that costs bazillions of pounds for these the flight stuff. Yeah. The studio, everything is really, really super high tech. And then you've got these really old fashioned libraries. <laughs> yeah, weird. Yeah. But that just makes it even better for some it, reason. It, yeah. There's no other show like it, I, I don't agree. think. Someone I... said to me when I said we were going to do this show that it's a bit crystal mazy it is but it's just better a thousand times better than the crystal yeah taking everything into account i have to give this a 10 it's the most original show we've done yeah it is gonna want to mark down aren't you (laughs) oh no i don't because there's just literally i still can't get over how much i love this show and i still can't get over reading that it's a UK based show and I still can't mm. get over that the Yanks pulled the plug on it shall we mosey on down into round five aye round five budget all contestants were given Krypton Factor branded clothes and a sports bag as prizes and that was never on any of the shows that I watched they never made a thing of it which is weird because in Supermarket Sweep they got to keep the jumpers they wore <laughs> But I think that's only because they'd worn it and they didn't fancy washing them. So they just gave them and let, and let them keep them. Here, you obviously, as a souvenir, you got a jumper that you hadn't been sat in for the whole program. And a sports <laughs> bag. I thought that was kind of quite cool. In some of the later series of the show, there were prizes, like trophies for the fastest man and the fastest woman on the assault course. Mm. I thought that was quite a clever touch. But this show was never going to be about prizes and 
prizes for the group winners or the individual winners it was about being the uk super person of the year. i love the fact that even from an early year they were using gender neutral terms where it would have been really <laughs> easy to say superman of the year and the trophy if you've seen it was really quite yeah, spectacular it was tough. something that you wanted to win along the the kind of the mastermind kind it, it was something nice i mean i think you you entered the program more for the experience of, of going on the assault calls, going on the flight simulator, and actually beating lots of other yeah. really intelligent people. The trophy was just the cherry on the cake, wasn't it? Mate, I just, I'm just smiling and feeling fuzzy and warm as you keep talking. Because, yes, that's what quiz and game shows are all about for me. And that trophy at the end, what a belter. I saw Barry McGuigan handing it over. <laughs> someone oh okay got it must have been heavier than him <laughs> yeah it really is about half his size Bigger, yeah. but it wasn't tacky it was huge no. but it wasn't tacky and it was just like was it like the malform was it like an athlete yeah like, yeah, yeah. It, and... it was kind of a spectacular trophy and although everyone in it was super competitive by the time you've got to your group finals and your grand finals everyone had a real respect for each other yeah um, and I think that came across. Have you been able to unearth any figures about what it cost to produce this show? No, and I really want to... We kind of spoke briefly before we went on air. The problem is, bec- whenever something comes back, it's rehashed. All of the Google hits, because obviously google it it, we, it wasn't about for us in, in in the 70s and 80s per se so most of the information out there on the tinter web is more recent isn't it mm. so for example when i researched supermarket sweep nine in ten results were about rylan and i, I didn't particularly <laughs> want to read about rylan most of the krypton factor hits were about companies that were offering Krypton Factor training days, um, as you would do, just because with the success of the Crystal Maze, people don't mind throwing 60 quid to sit in a jumpsuit and play four minutes of games. It's like, well, okay. Um, there were very... F- I would have loved to have known the cost. Whilst the assault course was done in ad- advance and the flight simulator for the heat, you didn't know until the studio audience bit who won, yeah. and then they'd have to revisit them so what you did what you didn't see behind the scenes is that i think we've said that the assault course was in berry and i think the flight simulator i think was in cornwall somewhere very south they they did have to obviously accommodate the contestant before it before the the assault course they had five weeks training with the art i don't know how they got that time off or what they did but it, it must have come at a cost Yep. And so when Gordon Burns said they did three shows in a day because of the budget, in the end, because they was it must have been a very expensive show to make. Yeah. I mean, actually, go on. I was just going to say, so like the flight simulator, obviously, didn't buy it or put it together. They just used it for that time. But they made yeah. a big deal of saying it cost like ten million pounds. It's like the yeah. most up-to-date Royal Navy simulator there is in the world. Mm. You had all those skits and sketches with all those famous people famous in them yeah it's just nuts do you know one the other scale thing... of the show although to get that much of it, that many rounds of that good quality in that yeah. time frame all the work that kind of gone behind the scenes kind of like in a treasure hunt way yeah and a crystal maze way it's really impressive 
The one other thing that was quite notable, I'm, I'm sure you might have come across this fact, that for a primetime TV show, there was no advert break. Yes. And it was one of the... I think This Is Your Life was the other one. They obviously... They did do one in the end, but I think it was only kind of early 90s where this was one of the few shows that were 30 minutes in length that didn't have one. Mm. And so obviously, without that... The show's getting less income, isn't it? Because yeah. if you're not having adverts in it, then you're not getting sponsorship that way. It must have cost a fortune. When they did have adverts, and obviously things shortened, the general knowledge round, I think, went from 90 seconds to 70. And obviously they would have made the observation round a bit shorter mm. um, and condensed three hours of someone forming a Rubik's Cube into two and a half minutes if they managed <laughs> to do it. Okay, I'm going to score it. I'm this might be a bit of a surprise but i obviously have to incorporate prizes as well um i've given it a score of eight i thought i didn't think you were going to be that generous because obviously the glaring omission here is the fact that the only thing you win after going through all that is a trophy yeah it's difficult do i you have to play your joker i have to you have to and what did you score it an eight Gave it an eight. I don't think I can give it a nine, so I okay. probably have to knock one off to make it a seven. Okay. I don't want to. But you've made me, Les. I have. Let me. I have channeled the mental agility pool from round three, <laughs> and established that the Krypton Factor has scored a heady total of 42, <laughs> which, which sends it, probably unsurprisingly, if, if you've listened to the show and not just kind of buffered straight to the 36-minute mark, scored 42 points, and it obviously tops the throbometer, and I think deservedly so. Yes, I'm pleased about that. I'm pleased about that too. Okay, well, moving on to wrap things up we do have a little announcement to make so for those people still listening um (laughs) this is actually going to be the last retro quizzical paul and i record paul would you like to explain our decision (laughs) Uh, we've had enough (laughs) short and sweet much like you i for me i think we've got a decent body of shows here We've picked all the best and most popular and main ones out, and we've given them a thoroughly good going, lads. I agree. This has been, it's been a real labour of love. I would quite like to ask you just a couple of questions in closing, if I may. And you might want to ask me something, but I doubt you've done that. (laughs) Um, So true to form, even in in our last few minutes, you haven't thought of anything. When I'm on my deathbed, you'll make some remark about we've not put effort into this, have you, Paul? I totally will, yeah. Which show should have scored better and which show should have scored worse? Oh, let's have a look. I'm going to have to get the old throbometer up here a minute it would be a shame if you didn't get your throbometer out in our last show oh uh misses talk amongst yourselves while i do this do you remember how we labored for name for for our podcast no okay do you want me to remind you what what you thought it should have been called (laughs) (laughs) is this on a whatsapp somewhere it's on one of our WhatsApps, yeah. Go on. 
So you said, I think I made some suggestions which you shot down, as you often do. Um, you said our handle should be breakdown or break it down. And I think I came back with saying that they sound more like websites for wellness or, <laughs> or mental health. And then you came up with Game Boys, which I think <laughs> was kind of a bit... Game nah. Boys was amazing. I remember Game Boys. I don't remember Breakdown. Yeah, it's because obviously we started with the Twitter handle as to what was available. And then, weirdly, and I should have known that it wasn't correct... You thought that the handle game show wasn't taken. Yes. When it would have probably been the first thing taken. But anyway, that's enough on my reminiscing. I'm sure you've managed to kind of have a fiddle. I've had a fiddle. So Go on, then. What show do I think has overscored? Yeah, and what has under? Overscored. Do, 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 do. Probably, I'd, I want to say The Crystal Maze. Okay, I can see why... And I also want to say Bob's Full House, because I thought okay, that I hated I, that show. Yeah, you did, and that was weirdly one of my favourites. So, so you think The Crystal Maze and Bob's Full House have overscored? What's underscored? Looking back, I think I was possibly harsh on Family Fortunes. For that to be, f- what is it going to be, yeah. 16th or s- yeah. 16th out of 18? Mm. Possibly a bit harsh, considering... In reality, the retro quizzicality of that is fairly high. I would say... I mean, you didn't ask me, but I'm going to... Oh, well, I presumed you were going to tell me, so... Um, I haven't worked it out, because, again, I've researched things I would ask you, just as a kind of tearful farewell, and know that you wouldn't have extended the same uh, to (laughs) me. Um, I think going for gold, criminally underscored. I don't think it should be second last i think it's a great show i downgraded the host on that so it only been up a couple of places anyway it wouldn't have been endangering anything no but yeah maybe that that's so it was your own harshness yeah it was our fifth one and maybe we were still putting the feelers out it scored five for originality and budget it was a daytime show so i guess it was always gonna struggle what's overscored you know i would probably say and this is going to be a tiny bit unpopular, I think. I think Blockbusters did. I liked I liked Blockbusters. Would I have thought, aside from today's showing, that it deserved to be joint first? Probably not. Yeah, I kind of understand that. I mean, I bumped up old Bob, didn't I? You did. But there are there are obviously lots of our listeners, as as we can tell with the number of listens, that would not have wanted Big Break anywhere near the top 17. I've got a question for you, Les. Okay, go on. What's been your, what was your favourite show to record? That is one of the things I, I was going to ask you. Weirdly, I think I've come around to your way of thinking, and one of the ones that makes me laugh the most is Countdown. Probably for two reasons. Well, well, a few reasons. One was me playing the words game and not realising that I had to stop the clock. One was for my world-renowned Tan May Dixit impression. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All good DBT retailers this Christmas. And the other was obviously breaking into song after so many people criticised my my wonderful singing voice. I I also, I'm I'm sure you're going to touch upon it 
well, you won't. <laughs> the the bullseye episode for me only at the end with a story and your reaction every time I hear that it really makes me laugh. You know the skiing holiday and the chap <laughs> in the wheelchair. I think because you just didn't expect it and and your reaction is so hearty and so natural. Yeah. Go on, you you answer that question. You answer what's your favorite episode? I think it's countdown, isn't it? I think it's possibly treasure hunt. Yeah, someone, Anna Lee, who listens. It was her favourite. Yeah, I think I did like block, blockbusters with the whole hexagon standoff thing. Okay. What was it about? I don't remember. I, the thing I remember about Treasure Hunt is not remembering that helicopters flew and no. making lots of mistakes. It's just the stories and some of the episodes are hilarious. When she gets whacked in the face with the old... <laughs> <laughs> oh, flunk me in the eye or something, wasn't it? And uh, halfway, winched halfway down a mountain. Are you there? Yeah, are you there? Yeah. <laughs> Hurry up, Annie. It's yeah. Such... She, yeah, okay. Going well, for gold as well, I enjoyed. Did you? I enjoyed recording Going for Gold because, again, just for the contestants on it. I'm waving. Okay. Then there was a couple of absolutely stonking weirdos on there. Yeah. Both good and useless. Are there any episodes you don't like as much? No, I have super enjoyed doing all of these episodes. The feedback has been genuinely hilarious for the fact that a lot of the people have taken it way, way, way more seriously than we have. We've always billed this as being a a loving look back, not an obsession with any particular show. We just, both of us love quizzes, love game shows, and we decided to get together and have a good old chinwag about them. Is there anything you you would do differently if you got to do Retroquizzical again? Aside from host every week. (laughs) I don't think so. I think it's been brilliant. I've super, super enjoyed it. And as I say, it's not something that we talked about when, you know, as chums, we just like it. And we came up with the concept and we went and bloody well did it, Les. We did. Okay, just a, a, one closing thought for me. I always knew that it was going to be a bit niche, and um, we, we have hemorrhaged some <laughs> listeners um, over the months. But can I just say a massive shout-out, a massive thank you. Some of the people that really supported us are people I have never met, who, for whatever reason, our podcast resonated with, they've shared us often, they've liked us often, they've played the retro, retro-quizzical challenges. I have friends that I've known years that have never <laughs> shared this, that have never liked it, that they joke about I'm doing a podcast. I just want to really thank people like like David, like Big Screen Quiz, like your Twitter mate that really got behind us. Anna Lee, Nancy, thank you so much. Um, any closing words from you, Paul? It's just been brilliant, mate, and I've loved every second. I've had an absolute blinding time. I guess, to close, the only thing I've, I've learned, really, is not to let you host anything and not to give <laughs> you a second joke. <laughs> and they're important life lessons, Les. They are indeed. Um, Ladies and gents, we have been Les and Paul. Thank you so much for supporting us on our journey. Um, It's a final good night from me and... A final good night from him. Good night. Good night.